answer to quid pro quo, is justice blind, gift taxes are immoral, and what does the American flag stand for? Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent, your favorite Irish accent, occasionally a, a wee 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 French accent, <laughs> and you stay for the principles. We have a jam packed show for you today. and I want to start off by talking about an issue that's really enveloping your country right now. And I want to talk to you about it in a way that most people won't. And that is the impeachment of Donald Trump and uh, the Russian collusion and the Ukraine scandal. And, oh, my God, did you hear Donald Trump was was asking the Ukrainians to investigate Joe Biden? Because apparently he's terrified of Joe Biden. And oh my God, how could he possibly ask a not an American, a non-American, to help him win in 2020? Now, those of you who know me and are fans of this show for a long time, you know I don't get involved in your politics. I don't want to be part of the Irish collusion. You know, I don't want to all of a sudden be investigated for the Democrats because I, I had some power over you and told you to vote a certain way. But I want to talk to you about principles, because what I found when I started researching this, because I, I I avoid your politics, but I kind of still keep up to date, shall we say, and I, I ignore a lot of stuff, and I, I try and research as much as I can. I'm, I'm always looking for stuff through a narrative. Hey, can I? how can I talk to you about principles? And I researched this situation with Ukraine, and Donald Trump, and oh my God, is he a bad guy? Because as you know, again, if you're a long-term listener, I'm not on a Trump train. I'll say when he does good, I'll say when he does bad. I'm I'm pretty much straight arrow, whatever way it is. Whether you're a liberal, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Trump, I don't care. I will judge you by certain criteria, and that criteria never changes. So I wanted to look into it. And as I looked into it, and I started researching it, this might shock you. I found the one problem with it. And the problem is, the answer to this, to make this whole story go away, cannot be said by Donald Trump, by any Republican, and not by any Democrat. Because everyone is devoid of principles. Of principles that made your country great. And I'm going to prove it to you. Because one of the common questions I get from you guys is, Oh, John, look, I love you talking about principles, and I may agree... But they just don't work in 2019. Or the other one I get is, John, look, I agree with you about principles, but principles won't deal with the Democrats. You know, principles, all they do, they may sound great, but in the real world, you're fighting a Democratic Party which has gone rogue, which has gone extreme. Your principles simply won't work. And I always disagree. 
And I always try and make it the best possible case for the principles. But today I'm going to let you decide. You're going to be the audience. And you're going to be the witness and say, I'm going to make the pitch to you. That if you actually follow your founding principles and you follow the roadmap that your founders set in place. And you set in a, a world where your politicians, both left and right, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, potentially could have said this. And I'm going to let you be the judge. So you all know the situation. In case you don't, let me give you a real, very quick snapshot. Barack Obama's president, Joe Biden as vice president, Hunter Biden, his son is over there. Because Joe Biden's son is just so awesome and so swell, and he has this super-duper education, and everyone wants to do business with this guy. Not because he's Joe Biden's son, but because he's awesome. And he's on the board of Burisma. And at this time, a period of money through foreign aid goes over to Ukraine. A sum that's not, you know, it's 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 really nothing. Like, you know, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I lost this money. It's so inconsequential. It's only $7 billion, right? It's not that big of a deal. Like, come on, let's be honest. You lose $7 billion every, every weekend. You know, I guarantee you, if you push pause on this show right now, and you go to the sofa and you start digging out all the old change, you'll, you'll come up to about $7 billion easily, right? It's nothing. It's a small amount of money. But this money went missing. And there was a lot of things going on, and Joe Biden is even on record as bragging, you know, where he got a prosecutor fired, excuse me, he got a prosecutor fired because, you know, we can't have people looking into Burisma. And then Donald Trump wins in 2016 and upsets the apple cart. And oh my God, Donald Trump, he beat our girl Hillary, oh no! And if you believe the line, and let's just say, let's forget Donald Trump, and let's forget the Republican Party, let's actually believe everything the left says that what donald trump said even though he didn't say this but let's just buy the line that there was a quid pro quo the allegation against donald trump is this hey guess what there's a lot of money gone missing i want you to investigate joe biden he's a political opponent i want you to investigate and i want you to investigate corruption until you do you're not getting money that's the allegation, pretty much in a nutshell. Well, what I'm going to do to you is I'm going to prove to you, and that's using the left's narratives, not Donald Trump's and not the Republicans. That's the left's charge against them. Now, let me tell you why principles defeats this. If you actually follow your founding principles and your founding ideals, here's the answer to this, and you decide whether this works. And I'm going to speak as the president. This is not about Donald Trump. I'll be the president. <laughs> Could you imagine me as president? Now that would be fun. American people, I come before you today as your president. I want to address the allegations that are made by my political foes, the Democrats. That there was some type of quid pro quo involving where I asked them to look investigate potential corruption. And I also investigated where that $7 billion went. Today, I want to speak to you from the heart, America. And I want to address those allegations. And I want to address them in the most truthful way possible. I wouldn't call it a quid pro quo. But if that's the term they want to use, you're damn right I did it. I'm guilty. But I will tell you why. I know the average American. I know what the average American goes through on a daily basis. 
I know this because up until recently, I was an average American. I understand the daily tribulations that you go through as families. That you earn your money and that it's hard-earned. Whether you're a worker, whether you're a union member, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you're a business owner, or whether you work for yourself, every penny you earn is hard-earned. It's sometimes done with blood, sometimes done with sweat, and sometimes done with tears. And out of that money that you earn each and every week, each and every month, you have to pay taxes. And that money comes in in different forms, in true income tax and true other taxation. Well, I believe, because I used to be one of you, and I know how hard it is to survive in our world, in our economy. I know how hard it can be to prosper. I know how hard-earned every penny is. I have taken it on as a responsibility to be the best steward of the taxation money you sent to the government. I work very hard to ensure there is no waste. There is no fraud. There is no abuse. That I work so hard because I don't want to have to take one cent more from you through taxation than I need to. So now let's get to Ukraine. Did I ask Ukraine to investigate? Yes, I did. I asked them to do it for many reasons. I asked to do it for the national interest of the Ukrainian people. I also am cognizant of the politics of that area, where Russia once again is meddling. I'm also familiar with the history of Ukraine where those great people have been abused, have been taken advantage of by so many people in their short history. Whether it was Nazi Germany or whether it was Russia and the Soviet Union. I want a strong Ukraine. If I was to use the catchphrase of this president, I want to make Ukraine grace. So yes, I asked him to investigate. But I also asked them to investigate for political purposes for our nation. Because here's the thing, America. Seven billion dollars is a lot of money. I want you just to think about seven billion. Now I know when a federal government that currently takes in over three trillion dollars of income tax and all different types of taxes into our treasury, seven billion may not seem like a lot of money. In the, in the fiction of three trillion, seven billion isn't a lot of money. But I don't want you to think of it in this aspect of the federal government. I want you to think of it in the aspect of your people. How much money did you have to pay in taxes to get that seven billion to Ukraine in aid? How much did you have to pay? What was your fair share of seven billion? Now think of all the businesses who pay taxes. Now think of all the sales taxes, all the estate taxes, all the different taxes we have to pay that made that $7 billion payment possible. I come before you and ask you one question, the American people. If I saw this neglect, if I saw this abuse of $7 billion, where I saw a government of a prior administration give $7 billion to another country, and for it to be lost, 
And then I came into power and I oversaw another transfer of money over there. And I didn't ask even one question. And I was just like, hey, don't worry about it. Seven billion. We're America. Seven billion is nothing. Yeah, of course you can have more millions. Of course. Don't worry about it. Look, we all lose seven billion. Would you be happy with my job performance? Would you be sitting here going, yeah, I want that guy running in 2020. Yeah, I know they lost seven billion, but he went and gave more of my taxpayers money. Because look, I'm an American. I have too much money. Would you be happy with my job performance then? Would you be turning up to my rallies going, ah, that's my guy. That guy, he just keeps giving money. He, I keep earning money and I keep paying taxes. And that guy, he's such a swell president. He keeps spending it on me. That is the question I put before you. Now, that's what I would say to the American people. And I'd ask you, if anyone could say that today, who could? What person believes in fiscal responsibility? When was the last time your government, whether it's left or right, passed a budget? Not a continuing resolution, a budget. When was the last time it was even discussed? You know, I was a big fan and a big supporter of your Tea Party. Because I actually shared a lot of the Tea Party values. And I still do, even though the Tea Party's kind of changed and gone away. But where are the Tea Party people looking for a budget? Where's the fiscal hawks? Where are the people just saying, hey, we just want a budget? Where are the people saying, we need to cut abuse? Where are those people? Can anyone make that argument today? That yes, we are have to be stewards of your money. Because your money is hard-earned and we don't want to waste one dime of it. Especially not to another country. Who would argue with that? How could you spin that argument? How could you spin that story? I'd love to hear from you. Because that's the case I would make. I know Donald Trump doesn't listen to the show. He hasn't got a clue who the hell I am. Nor does should he know. The President of the United States, whether you believe in the Article 2 powers of your founders or whether you believe in the modern day version of Article 2, the President shouldn't know who I am. But can you imagine if he actually used that narrative? If he actually spoke about that, imagine a president who could say that and be consistent that they actually cared about your money, that they actually cared about the debt, that they actually cared about the size of government. Can you imagine that? How could you blow our holes in that argument? If you believe in fiscal responsibility, you're not doing it because you're a fiscal hawk or you're not doing it because it's, you know, a it's reaching out to a base. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Think of what money you pay in taxes. And it's different in America. You know, there are many reasons I don't get your culture. I don't get how you don't realize how you're getting taken advantage of. Because of your taxes. In Ireland, I can't understand it because it's just built into the factor. Let me give you a couple of examples. I get paid every month. On the 28th or thereabouts on every month. If it's a weekend, I get paid before. The 28th of every month, my salary comes into the bank. But my employer calculates my money because we have agreed salary. And out of that, they'll take their income tax, they'll take pay-related social insurance, and they'll take a universal social charge. And after that money, then there's their the pay. And that's what I get in the bank. And then the government collects the money from the company. Instead of me having to file by myself, hey, I owe 100 bucks to PAYE, and I owe 100 bucks to PRSI, and I owe 50 bucks to USC, and sending it into them, the company collects it on their behalf. 
And then it's for me, for all the other hundreds of employees, because I work for a fairly decent sized company. And then it just sends it all in together. Done. Dusted. It's easy. It's easy. But there are people who are paid weekly in my company. You don't see it. 20 bucks here, 40 bucks here. It's not a big deal. You guys over there don't really have that. You have a system where April 1st, I think it is, tax day, the day you feel so, so charitable, you've got to sit down and go through your whole year and then write them a big check. I don't get how you don't realize, hey, you're being ripped off. Another example, and it's a lot smaller, but your sales tax. If I go into the store over here and I go, you know what, I want a, I want a large soda and I want a bar of chocolate and I want a sandwich and it's like five bucks. I go on to the till, and I know it's five bucks. I pay my five bucks. That's it. That's what the price is. They don't advertise, hey, it's actually your meat, your, your, your Coke was this, your bar of chocolate was this, and your sandwich was this, or your roll was this, and it's like four fifty, and then you add tax, and it becomes $5. No, just it's five bucks. Over there, if I went and got the same thing for five bucks, it's not five bucks. It's whatever it is, $5.35 or $5.50, depending on what state you're in. I think it's 7% tax. But they, it's added on top. So you know exactly, every transaction you do, you know exactly what you're getting. You're being ripped off. And no outrage over it. No outrage. What do you want a politician to be? Should a politician be the best steward with your money? Because is there anyone there who works? And I'm going to specify that, who works. Whether it's part-time, full-time, runs their own business, works for themselves, whatever it is. That is sitting there going, you know what, if I just had an extra five bucks a month, that wouldn't be happy. Is there anyone who thinks they have too much money? Is there anyone sitting there who going, you know what, I work so hard for my money. I work so hard and I don't let any of it go. There are people who listen to the show because they know that you've engaged with me. Where literally you live month to month. You've engaged me because you've told me you're a bit worried about the economy going forward what happens if bad things happen there's not one person i know that's sitting there going you know what ah, look i can't i have to work hard for my money i have to earn a good earned money and i have to be so strict with what i spend but you know what the government can totally spend seven billion dollars that's the first point i want to make about this there are two other points that need to be addressed and honestly discussed which won't happen but they need to be done and they will happen on this show A new show is released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. You can listen for free. On any platform you choose, we're on all major ones. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on OmniFM, we're on Spotify, Player FM, Castbox, you name it. You any search engine or any platform you use to listen to audio, look up Freedom's Disciple, subscribe. Also, if you listen on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. That helps us the algorithm, new people to find this show each and every week because iTunes is now our biggest platform. Thank you so much for everybody who does that. So this impeachment. And this quid pro quo of Ukraine. There are two other principles that need to be discussed. Sadly, we don't discuss anything anymore. Here's the first thing. 
Can we actually have an honest conversation? And I know I shouldn't be saying this as an Irishman, but I'm going to be blunt and say, hey, I'm an American so the, for this for this part of the show. I'm an American. Can we have an honest conversation about why is America sending $7 billion to Ukraine? At what point does the gravy train stop? At what point do does Americans, and I say I'm not an Irishman right now, I'm going to talk as an American. What time, at what point do we all sit down and kind of go, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we funding this shit? Excuse my French. Like, honest to God, and I say this, I, I'm, I know I'm saying this as an American, but I'm saying this now as an Irish person. America, you get so much crap from the world. Like, who are your true allies? Who is any way close to you in ideology? There are some. But you spend so much money overseas, and it's never debated. This constant stream of foreign aid after year after year after year after year, it never stops. Just think of that $7 billion, and that's for one country in one year. Imagine what you could do. Imagine the growth to the economy if you just went, you know what, we're not giving Ukraine money this year. And we're not, and you know what, speaking of you, you burn the American flag, you're not getting aid either. And you, we don't like you, you're a terrorist country. No, you're not getting aid. Imagine just that bit of money and giving it back to your people. Saying, yeah, you know what, we're good this year. We don't need that bit of money. We need some, but we don't need all of it. Can you imagine the impact that would have? Can you imagine the impact it would have on your life? You might have a bit of breathing room. You might be able to save money. Put a bit of money in the bank for a rainy day. The, for the, oh my God, my telly broke and I need to buy a new telly fund. You know, because that was the fund I had and then it's now gone. Or, you know what? I want, you know what? My kid is turning 18. I, I was going to buy them something small, but I have a bit of extra money. I can buy something bigger. Or, you know what? I just want to bring my wife out and spoil her for a nice. I never get the chance to. And she's brilliant. And I love her. And I just want to spoil her for one night. Or if you're a business, can you imagine if you got a tax rebate? Now, you wouldn't do it because, oh my God, the billionaires and millionaires are all getting the tax cut and all the poor people don't. But imagine just the impact from a business. You got a bit of money where you're talking, you know what, we don't need your full tax allocation this year because we're not giving out that foreign aid. Can you imagine, even if it was like 50 grand, can you imagine what a business would do? would invest it in its business. It might give a round of bonuses to people. The economic impact would be huge. But also, I make this from a fiscal point of view. Look, I know people don't like when I say this, but America is horrifically bad when it comes to fiscal policy. You're $23 trillion in debt. $23 trillion And growing by around a trillion dollars every year. And you're giving money to other countries? You're giving money. The country that's $23 trillion in debt. The highest debt by a country mile. It's nearly double what China owes. That's how far out you are. When it comes to spending, America is exceptional. You are so far ahead of other people. It's not even close. There's not even... You're at 23. There's not even someone at 20. There's not even someone at 15. You're so far ahead. And you're the country giving out money? Do you know what this is like? Let me give you a small example of what this is like in real life. 
It's like someone having a credit card maxed out. And owes a loan down the car, down in the bank, just, you know, for a home improvement loan. Has a mortgage. Has a car loan. And is literally each month basically living to pay all those loans off. And then someone comes knocking on the door. Hey, we need money. Yeah, sure. No problem here. There's 50 bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. Go have fun. What do you, what do I, what do you need the money for? Don't ask. They just need the money. They need aid. Does that make any fiscal responsibility to you? Does that make any fiscal sense? But in that example that I gave about the individual who's borrowed up a lot of money, at least you could say that's charity, that's free choice. They decided, look, here's 100 bucks, it's charity. That's not what your government is doing. Your government is saying, hey, we've spent all this money and you're borrowed all this money in your name, but you got to give us more. And then you have politicians every two, four, six years running around going, guess what, pal? You didn't pay your fair share. And yet, Americans never ask this to be discussed. You want to start there? What about foreign aid? Let's just, how about having a discussion? How about this having this radical idea? Because, again, if you believe in founding principles, and you believe in the ideals your founders set up, if you're fiscally responsible and you promote those principles, guess what? There is no need for foreign aid. There is no need for it. Why? Because you're encouraging everybody to be independent. You're encouraging every, hey, stand on your own two feet. Not, hey, well, every year America sends out its checks. Everyone, every year America, like clockwork, keeps sending out that almighty dollar. Just keeps going and going and going. Now, is there an argument for foreign aid? That's a totally different discussion. If it's like for a certain case, you know, if let's say Israel is going to get bombed by Iran, should you give them foreign aid? That's up for Americans to decide. But I can see the argument for it. But a constant drip? But also, here's the irresponsible part. Because America is hated by so many countries. You're like, oh, America sucks. America's always sucked. I'm not saying that, by the way, just for anyone out there. I'm not saying that. This is what other people say. You suck even more because of Donald Trump. You're $23 trillion in debt. If it comes to a point where there's a government shutdown, if it comes to a point where fiscal things start going bad and people like me and Glenn Beck are right and things start going, ooh, there's a bit of a slowdown or worse, and you then decide to stop giving them money, who do you think is going to be the biggest enemy in the world? Do you think other countries are going to go, hey, America sucks, and then they just stop giving us aid, we love them? Or do you think the bitterness is going to get even more? Hey, America used to give us money, now they're not even giving us. They are totally bad. And if it happens to be a Republican, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Even if it's a total economic shutdown, economic slowdown. Are you going to be a friend or a foe? Are you going to love America more or less? You see, it's easy to hate America. That's the, the default position. And there are reasons I can understand why some people don't like America. And we're going to discuss that later on in the show. There are many things your government has done that has been really bad, in bad places. I can see why people don't like you. I'm not, just to be clear, because there's haters out there, I'm not saying that by me saying I can understand why some people don't like America, that, hey, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm defending terrorism all of a sudden. I'm not saying that. But I can understand why some countries are like, you know what, America is not the, the best place. America's government is not that good. I agree. I think in many ways, the American government sucks. It always has. What's frustrating because the Constitution is your answer. But what do you think is going to happen when that foreign aid starts drying up? 
There's the second thing that we need to discuss from this impeachment. And this is a principle, again, that is really, really hard. Because it's going to put some conservatives like Mike Lee in a really hard, uncomfortable position. Is someone above the law? What is the role of Lady Justice? If you ever see the statue of Lady Justice, where she's holding the scales, you will also see she is blindfolded. The reason she is blindfolded is because she does not see anything. She doesn't see race. She doesn't see sexuality. She doesn't see age. She doesn't see gender. She doesn't see class. All Lady Justice is supposed to do is judge the facts where they, as they lie and make a ruling based on the law, whether that's the constitution, whether that's the law of the land, whatever it is. Because justice is different in every country. Do you think that is a good principle to uphold? Honest question, do you? Is there any reason why that is should not be the case? Is there any reason or argument you've heard out there that goes, you know what, no, Lady Justice, yeah, she should be kind of blindfolded, but, you know, she should be able to see out of the corner in one eye. Just to, just, you know, because there could be, you know, ex- uh, other circumstances that may be at play. Or should she be blindfolded? Because if you know these arguments, please let me know. I'd love to know them. Because I've never, ever heard a cognizant argument that says, you know what, there's a reason why Lady Justice should not be blindfolded. She should be seeing everything. And she should then make the decision. Because if you remember back, and this is why I mentioned people like Mike Lee. If you remember back to 2016 where the chants at Donald Trump's rallies are, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. You may remember Mike Lee was doing going around doing interviews going, yeah, I get why people are saying that, and I get the frustration of the American people and email servers and stuff, but we don't elect, we don't jail political opponents. We're not a banana republic. Who is above the law? Does that make politicians above the law? I get the precedent that you don't want to set because there are so many banana republics in the history of the world where you literally say, hey, I'm putting you in jail because you oppose me. You know, what what country would do that, I wonder? Oh, gee, China. Yes. Oh, Russia. Yes. China, you know, that great bastion of freedom that the NBA loves. Yeah, that's them. But who is above the law? And why? And if you say someone is above the law, do you think that makes it more... I'm trying to find the right word... Tempting is the best one I can come up with for them to break the law. Or do you think it's more tempting to run and hopefully win an office if you acted a certain way? I'll bring you back to the case of that impeachment and Joe Biden. Again, let's say everything Donald Trump, the left said he did, is true. Let's just say that. He's guilty of everything the left says he is. Does that mean Joe Biden is above the law? Because all he did was say, I want you to investigate. Where's the problem? Should Joe Biden as a former vice president be above the law? Should Barack Obama because he's a former president? Should Donald Trump because he's a current president? Should he be above the law? Hey, he's Donald Trump. You can't touch him. Why? Is Lady Justice blind? Who's above the law? Because can you imagine a situation where let's say you're 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a name. Let's say, oh, I don't know. Let's say your name is Joseph Pikin. And let's say you, your son gets in, elected to the board of a, I don't know, Ukrainiasia, this weird old country. And let's say loads of money goes from America to this weird country. And your son goes on the board. And all of a sudden, you know there are certain bad things happening. And you think, uh-oh, some things, bad things are happening. And I know about it. And I'm involved. But I think I'm about to find out. I'm going to get caught. Guess what I'll do? I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run for president, even if I have no chance. Because if they investigate me, I'll have the angle that, well, you can't possibly investigate your political opponent. I'm your opponent. Yeah, I may only have 0.1% in the poll, but I'm your opponent. And America does not investigate your political opponents. Can you see that happening? Can you see that as a scenario happening? Who is above the law? These are questions your country needs to ask. And not only your country, but this world needs to ask. Because we are in times that are really uncertain. Really uncertain. And we need to figure out what we're for. These are debates we need to have. Because I'm looking at your country, and I love your country. But I am watching all the bullcrap going on. And what's so frustrating to me is your principles are the answer. I firmly believe it. Your principles are the answer. If you have consistent principles, guess what? I believe this Ukrainian situation goes away. Now, I know someone will say, likely send me a message going, okay, John, I may not find holes with your theory, but then the left will just find something else. And here's where I want to make something crystal clear. If ever there was a time for you to be crystal clean in everything you do, now is that time. We live in a world where one bad thing you say today might destroy your career tomorrow. Or it may destroy your career in a year. Or destroy your career in 10 years. Because it takes a period for us all to get woke. If Joe Biden had nothing to hide... Where's the outrage? If you were crystal clear and crystal clean in everything you did and there was no discrepancies, surely you'd go to a microphone and be, if you're Joe Biden, go, look, I understand what the president did. Let him investigate. Do you know why I say let him investigate? Because he will find nothing. I have done nothing wrong. And I trust the system to let the facts fall where they may. Let the chips fall where they may. Let Donald Trump investigate me. I welcome that investigation. Because I know when you find nothing, Mr. President, guess what? I'm going to basically make this an election issue. That you targeted me, even though there was nothing. He hasn't said that, has he? Why? Why has he not said this? Why is he not running around on every show going, the reason he's doing this is because he fears me the most. Maybe it's because he's got something to hide. Maybe, just maybe, he's not squeaky clean. Um, And yes, there was a lot of sarcasm in that. But if you want a lesson in life right now, whether you're any age, whether you're older, middle-aged, whether you're retired, whether you're in business, 
or whether you're just a college student listen to me now is the time to be crystal crystal clean and because of a story i heard in your country this year i don't this week i don't want to talk about it but if you are a student or a millennial or of any age i would say whether you're two zero or 102 take this life advice live the clean life and do not send nude pictures of yourself to people just might do you good I'd love to hear what you think about the Ukrainian impeachment stuff I just spoke about and if you want to get in touch I'm on Twitter Freedom Disciple Facebook Jonathan Don 58 get in touch I love engaging with you guys, but I'd also love genuinely to hear from you guys this week and see, what did you think? Do you, is there holes in my pitch? Is there something wrong with what I say? Do you disagree? And especially where the case of above the law, what, where do you stand on that? Get in touch. You know, you guys have enjoyed, well, some of you have gotten in touch with me and said, hey, I enjoyed the, the Irish politics. It's a, it's a refreshing to hear about one person. I said it was refreshing to hear about another country in as much trouble as we're in. And I think it's important for me to actually start telling you more about Irish politics and world politics because sometimes you guys don't have the benefit. I don't mean this in an insulting way, but to really appreciate what you have in your country. To understand why you're so exceptional. The reason I love you and the reason I love your principles so much is because they make so much sense to me compared to the asinine policies that we have over here. Now, granted, you've adopted quite a few of our policies But I want to talk to you today about the role of government. And I want to actually give you, I will be honest with you, I've modified these figures quite a bit because I don't want the person to know. Um, But someone told me a story about someone this week of someone doing something really nice and getting punished by the government by it. I'll tell you that story in a minute. What is the role of government? Because most people in the history of the world will say the role of government is to do the will of the people. It's to enact the will of the people, whatever the people say goes. That is pretty much whether you're the people as in a democracy, whether you're the will of the people, i.e. it's not really the will of the people, it's more a dictatorship, but I have the power of the people. I only have their best interests at heart. Or whether it's more of a king or queen and, well, I'm a benevolent king, so I'm so much better. They all believe in some type of power. America was built on a system of the role of government is fundamentally different. The role of government is not to give people rights. It's not to enact the will of the people. No, America was built on the idea that government is to protect your God-given rights. That is government's sole role. A politician's sole role is not to do what you say. It's to follow and preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. I ask this question because I want to talk to you about your finances. And I want to share a story with you. Let's say, and let's just keep things real simple. Let's say you earn $1,000 a week. How much of that is yours? Is that all yours? Or is it only what the government says you can keep? Because in the history of the world and in modern American history, as in the last hundred years, it's not been what you wear and you get to keep. You don't have a right to keep what you, you're the fruits of your labor. 
no, no, no. You you have the right to say, hey, you earn a thousand dollars, but if the government says two percent of that is yours, five percent of that is theirs, ten percent of that is theirs, fifty percent of that is theirs, guess what? That's what you earn. So if they say fifty percent, then you only get to keep five hundred. Is the role of the government to encourage good behavior? Because this is the argument that you will hear from certain conservatives. I remember the last bill was several years ago. It was by Marco Rubio and Mike Lee. And it raised an interesting question, but it wasn't debated. Is the government's job to incentivize good behavior? What do you think? Because what they wanted to incentivize years ago was when they were talking about tax cuts was they said, you know what, we want to give an extra tax cut if you have kids. We want to incentivize, you know, because we believe and we believe in the studies and the research that shows, you know, if you get married and you have kids and you have a steady job and you put those kids through education, you live a pretty good life and you continue on the American dream. So we want to incentivize you to have kids. Should the government have that power? Should the government have the power to incentivize good behavior? I would always say no, even though a lot of people hate me for it. I always say no because it's not the government's job to incentivize what it deems good behavior. What happens if you don't want to have kids? What happens if you can't have kids? Oh, well, you don't get a tax cut. So I don't have a right to keep more of my money because I don't want kids or I can't have kids. But yet they can and they do. And they get to keep more of their money. How does that seem fair? Because also on the flip side, if you automatically say, and the reason I pose this question to you, can the government incentivize good behavior? If you're saying it can and it has a right to, well, guess what? It automatically then gives it the power to desensitize or not incentivize certain behaviors. It gives it the power to say, no, we don't want to do that. But we actually want to punish certain behaviors. And that's the story I want to tell you about today. This week and next week, I'm going to do a couple of tax specials because we need to break down what is going on in around the world and start making the case for certain principles. I'm going to this week talk about some horrific taxes. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the gift tax. And next week, I'm going to speak to you about the inheritance tax. They are both equally reprehensible in my eyes because I actually believe if you go out and earn money, And I don't care how you earn it. I'll use the language of the left. I don't care whether you work it, whether you earn it, whether you have a job, whether you're a business owner, or whether you just play the stock markets. If you earn money, it is yours. It is yours. Unless you are robbing people, unless you are taking advantage of people, then I will say there's a question over it. But if you're doing things legally and you're doing things the right way, and you're earning money, it is yours. You earned it. You have the right to keep the fruits of your labor. There was a family, and again, I'm, I'm changing the figures, I'm going to be honest with you, because there's quite a sum of money involved in this. Or maybe Americans might think, Americans might go, John, the money you talked about was nothing. But in an Irish point of view, this was a lot of money. There was a family, And there was three boys and one girl. And the eldest son, for whatever reason, was a lot more successful monetarily than the rest of the family. He was a business owner. 
and his business got real lucky and he became really really wealthy like buying a new bmw or not bmw a mercedes-benz wealthy every year brand new every year and he lived a good life and he lives a good life but their parents lived a very different lifestyle their parents lived on a farm and this is back in the 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s ireland where you know you had farm especially down the country you had quite a bit of land quite a bit of land and that land back then probably wasn't worth a whole lot but as the economy has gotten better in 2019 and you know money is devalued each and every week because of central press central banking and through printing presses well property has gone up and the value isn't as worth as much in the euro and this businessman, because he was the firstborn, another thing in Irish culture was the firstborn always got the land or got the, the cream of the crop and everything else got everything, got the other bit of money. Well, this person got the farm, the whole land. And they decided, I'm just going to do different things with it. It's not going to be a farm anymore. I'm going to build my own house. I'm going to have like a holiday home. Anyway, long story short. He is very, very successful. The other three are successful in their own right, but not monetarily on that level. They're not buying a brand new Mercedes-Benz every year. Well, they bought, sold a piece of land recently. And they sold it for half a million euros. And this guy to half a million euros is probably nothing. And he saw his family and went, you know what? This is the family land. It's family heritage. We should all benefit from this. So this guy made a decision. He said, look, you guys haven't made it as much as I do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a gift. I sold it for just over half a million euros. I'm going to split it four ways. I could take the money all myself. It's in my name. It's all mine. But I don't want to do that. It's family land. We should all benefit. So he decided, I'm going to give you all 125,000 euros, which is about $140,000. Now, do you think that's a good idea? That's a really nice story, right? That's a really good story, a story of, wow, that's, 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 that's really cool. That's a good guy. That's, that's a really good, rich millionaire and billionaire we're all supposed to hate. Well, you see, the problem is, in Ireland, and like every other nation, there's gift taxes. This person, and I have the figures here for you, decided to give a check for 125,000 euros to his sister, to his brother, to his brother. What's the first thing they all had to do? They had to declare it as a gift. And each of them, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Just think of yourself as this. Imagine your brother coming along going, hey, I love you. We sold a piece of land from the family. Land. Here's $125,000. 25,000 euros, sorry. $140,000. And the first thing you have to do is write a check to the government for 30,525 euros. How would you feel? You feel really good. I just got 125 grand. Poof. I only have 94,475,000 left. 94,475. Sorry, I'm butchering numbers today. How would you feel? Is that right? Is it the right thing that this gentleman decided, I'm going to help my family and do the right thing? Some people might say morally, not legally, morally. And because of that gentleman doing the right thing for his one sister and two brothers, the government benefited to the tune of 91,575 euros. 
Does that seem fair to you? Does that seem right to you? If I may use the language of the left, does that seem like they paid their fair share? What principle, what moral is this built on? What moral is this built on? How is this a good thing? But let me give you another example. Because we've all thought of this idea. You know, the idea where, oh, look, I got the six winning lottery numbers and I've all of a sudden won one million, two million, ten million. If you're in America, a hundred million. And you think of all the things you do and some people might go, oh, you know, I have friends and I have family and I have nieces and nephews. I'll pay off all their mortgages. You try to do the right thing. You try to give people money and you automatically have to pay it on a tax. How is that fair? How is that right? Why are you punishing people who do the right thing? Here you have a millionaire and billionaire, a rich guy we're all supposed to hate, trying to help out his family. And he's been, his family have been punished for it. But also, I want to talk to the left for one minute. Because you always talk about, and your politicians always love to talk about how, you know, we want to progress and we want to become more like certain parts of Europe. Let me give you an example of why, how this policy has changed and evolved over the years. In 2009, you know, way, way, way back then, in 2009, you know, when Barack Obama just became president, feels like forever ago, you used to be able to give a tax-free gift to your brother or sister of 54,254 euros. It then changed in the blink of an eye to 43,400 euros. It got a fall of nearly 11,000 euros in one budget. It then fell to 41,000, 33,000. I went all the way down to 30,000. I've started to rise it back up again. It's now 32,500 euros. That is what progress looks like. You see, the problem is, and the reason we need to make arguments for fair taxation, for principal taxation, is because it always sounds great. It always says, well, look, it's only for the millionaires and billionaires. And it usually is to start off with, because they will have the path of least resistance. No one's going to say, hey, I want to have that millionaire keep more of their money. No one's ever going to do that. They're going to say, I'm not a millionaire, screw them. But eventually what happens is the tax becomes progressive. And what happens? Eventually it comes from me. And I'm the last person in the last bracket. And everyone else has succumbed to this new taxation. And I said nothing. How am I going to fight it? Because everyone else has just got on board with it. This is what progressivism is. It always seems great. It always is someone built for someone else. But eventually you get caught up in that tide. And you can have changes like that. What is the role of government? And regardless to this, what is the role of government regards your money? Does it have a role? Does it have a function in telling you how much you can do? Because here's the thing. If you earn money, if you earn money and you earn it through selling a piece of land, whether you earn it through the stock market, whether you earn it through an income, whether you earn it through a business, that money is yours. If you decide to give it to your sister, if you decide to pay off your sister's home, you've already paid taxes on it. Why are you taxing me a second time for doing the right thing? For doing something that most people, most sane, rational people would say, that's a really good thing to do. 
Why are you punishing me to react in a good way? Because I know it'd be tempting if I had this idea, you know what, I'm going to give my, let's say I had brothers and sisters and I had 500 grand just sitting around. Boy, that would be a fun conversation. And I went like, you know what, I'm just going to give you 125 grand. And then when I met with my solicitor and my solicitor went, yeah, if you do this, just letting you know, look, you won't have to pay it, but they will. The government's going to get basically 90,000 euros out of you because you've done this thing. I might sit there and going to go, you know what, I really don't like my government. No, I'm not doing it. Look, I, I wanted to give you. Or guess what I might do? Actually, this is what I would do. If, uh, I would do. Guess what? I want to give you this some money. I'm going to give you 32,500 euros. Boom. Actually, you know what? Actually, no, I, I actually be a bit more petty. I'm a bit, I can be petty at times. I'd actually give them about $32,501 and then say, oh, by the way, that $1, you owe them 33 cents because that's a, that's a gift tax. Just to get the government, just, you know, give them something. You know, going, you missed out because of your policies. What is the best way forward? These are some of the things we need to discuss. You can talk all you want about impeachment. We can talk all about, oh, he did it, he did it. Judy Giuliani, Joe Biden. These are important conversations. But we also need to talk about the real, real principles. Because your government is changing. The world government is changing. And we're looking to take more and more money from people. All in the name of, you gotta pay your fair share. And eventually, it's always someone else's fair share. But eventually, they come knocking for you. I want to finish up today's show by talking to you about something bit different and this is going to be hard for me to do because when I do this show when I do my show prep now I'm thinking about the show 24 7 I always want to do a couple of things and I'm not saying I'm successful or I'm awesome at it but I also I try and do this show that always revolves around the principle it's not about a side I always do this show where you either learn something or you feel uplifted. I know how busy you are. I'm busy myself. Life is crazy busy. You have work, you have family, you have friends, you you have your own projects. I appreciate any time you listen to this show. And the one thing I don't do, I'd love to do, spend more time, like last week we did a segment more based on humor, you know, about dating. And I do want to add more humor to the show, but one of the reasons I don't do it too much is, one, I'm not too good at it, but two, I never want you to feel like I've wasted your time. I have a narrow, around an hour with you each and every week, and I'm so grateful for that. But I don't want to waste your time. So that's why I always try and talk to you about so many things about principles but I also try and present in a way and I'm not saying I'm successful at it but I always try never to have a straw man I'm not here to sort of pound someone to make someone feel good I'm not here to get anyone I want to inspire your people left and right democrat and republican I don't see a difference 
I just see an American. But I want to talk to you about something from from my heart. And I don't know how to word this, so I apologize if this is a bit blunt. You need to see and think about exactly what you're for. What are you standing for? And what is critically important to you? When you say you're an American, what is it meaning? What does it mean to you? What is important to you? What heritage, when you talk about being an American, is important to you? When I think of America, I think of your history. I think of your founding fathers. I think of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. You need to start thinking real long and hard about if something bad happens, what are you willing to fight for? But more importantly, what are you willing to hold on to? What are you going to hold on to so tight that you will not let go? One of the things I want to talk to you about right now is the American flag. I've had a love affair with your nation for 25 plus years. During that 25 plus years, my opinion of America has changed of why I love you, ranging from your weather to your sports to your people to your history to your principles to your natural geography. There are many reasons I love your nation. But during those 25 years, I've witnessed people from different sides of the aisle, different backgrounds, different races, express different opinions about your American flag. I want you to think of that beautiful flag. That gorgeous flag that I am so proud to hang in my office where I'm recording this show. When you see those stripes of white and stripes of red with a big blue patch patch, with 50 stars stitched inside them, what do you think? What do you feel? I could talk to you now about what it actually means. How the 13 stripes represents the 13 founding colonies. I could talk to you about the 50 beautiful stars. And yes, all 50 are beautiful. Representing the, the different states in your wonderful nation. I could talk to you about what the different colors mean. How the red symbolizes hardness and valor. How white symbolizes purity and innocence. And how blue represents vigilance, perseverance and justice. I would ask you just to think about for a minute the American flag. And think, what is the first image that comes to your mind when you think of the American flag? There are many images when I think of it. Whether it's the soldiers raising it at Imojima. 
Whether it's been planted on the moon with the words, these are one giant step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I could think about a more thing that I witnessed personally, you know, through a TV and I lived through it. 9-11. And after everything that happened that devastating day, seeing those police and firefighters raise the American flag to give you that hope, that strength, that fight, that determination that says, yes, we may be down, but baby, we're going to get right back up because we're an American. I have seen left and right define and be happy and proud at different times for different reasons of the American flag. But I've also seen it been disrespected for so many years by so many different people. I've seen it been burnt. I've seen it been trashed. I've seen it been spat on. I've seen it been stamped on. What does it mean? What does it mean? At different periods, at different times, I've seen it been proud and seen it fly outside house after house after house after house. I've seen record sales happen after 9-11. Where it was proud and it was the cool hip thing. Hey, we've just happened. 9-11 just happened. We're all Americans. We're all coming together. Let's buy me an American flag and let's proudly fly it high. And then that coolness and hipness just goes away. It doesn't become cool to display the American flag anymore. It's just something we see. What does the American flag signify? For so many people that I see, and yes, there are some colleagues I'm talking to right now as well, there is even a link of the American flag to your government. It's cool if you're a Democrat to be American and have the American flag when Obama's president. It's cool to have the flag if you're a Republican and a conservative when Donald Trump is president. But it's not so cool at different times. When you think of your amazing American flag and all the history that it entails... Going all the way back to Betsy Ross. What does it signify? And more importantly, everything that you think it signifies, has it anything to do with your government? For me, it has absolutely nothing to do with your government. I love your country. I love your people. I love the American flag. I salute the American flag proudly. Not because Donald Trump is president. Not because Barack Obama is president. Not because a Republican holds the Senate and a Democrat holds the House. I could give two craps about any of that. I love your country. I love your people. I love your American flag. I salute the American flag. Not because of your government. In spite of your government. If you've listened to this show for the four plus years I've been blessed to be on the air, how many times do you think, you know what, government did things right? Hey, how many times has that happened? It doesn't happen very often. I'm no fan of your government. I'm fan of your constitution, which you just spit on and trample on. 
whether you're left or right or top or bottom. It's, hey, when the Constitution is cool, we'll pull that bad boy out. But most of the day, 99 times out of 100, we walk on that. We rip it up. We ignore it. We'll only use it when it's a political prop to get somewhere. I'm no fan of D.C. I was no fan of D.C. when the Republicans held power. I was no fan of D.C. when George Bush was president. Yet I love your country anyway. Why? And this is the second question I would like to you to think about. What do you want to hold on to? Why do you love your country? Look, I'm not here to dismiss any politician. If you like a certain politician, if you're, if Ted Cruz is your guy, if Justin Amash is your guy, if Donald Trump is your guy, I don't care. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. I'm not mean insulting. You can, ever who your guy or girl is, cool, go for it. If Tulsi Gabbard is your girl and you want her in 2020, go for it. Doesn't matter. Why do you love America? America for me and the flag represents an idea. It is the idea that makes America an exceptional nation. If you think your government has any claim to any fraction of being exceptional, I would ask you to spend five minutes reading world history. Heck, just read Irish history. What is exceptional about your form of government? Oh, you have a house, you have a senate, and you have a president. So does Ireland. We just call it a doll instead of a house. But we have a senate and a presidency as well. Plenty of countries do. Plenty of countries historically have. Your government is not that great. Your constitution is. Because it limits government. It talks about power. It talks about ideas like federalism. What is important to you? Because I believe we're going through a period where bad things are going to come out about your government. Bad things are going to come out about your government, both left and right. How will you feel towards the American flag then? Will you still display it proudly? Will you still be proud to be an American if it comes out your government has done really bad things? Which it has. These are the things you need to start asking yourself. And we need to start defining. And I can't say we, even though I just did. You guys need to start defining what it is to be an American. See, for me, it's not about your government. It's about your ideals. Your ideals change the world. And I don't know if you ever get sick and tired of listening to me. I don't. I apologize if you do. But I'll never get sick and tired of telling you why you're exceptional. Donald Trump does not make you exceptional. Barack Obama does not make you exceptional. You're exceptional in spite of them. Sure, they can have good policies. They can have bad policies. But you're exceptional because of the ideals those ideals of limited government the ideals of nature's law nature's god the ideal of federalism which is a biblical principle i hope to live and witness a time in your history where once again it is cool to display the American flag. And not because somebody is president. 
Not because someone has won an election. But because you're people. Because you have restored your principles. You are going through a phase which is absolutely crazy. You're going through a phase where everyone is losing their mind or a large chunk of people are losing their minds. And it's going to be so easy for you to get distracted. I get distracted a lot of the time. Ooh, bouncing ball. Ooh. Ooh, follow the light, John. Follow the light. Ah, boom. It's so easy. Just this week, you know things are screwed up in your country where a president orders to kill the most wanted person in the world. A guy who is not a freaking biblical scholar. Who is a really bad dude. And people are mocking him. People are going crazy. Oh, you're not Barack Obama. Oh my God, he said they died like dogs. Really? This is what we're getting outraged by? This is this is literally what you want to discuss? What you want to discuss? Oh, he died. He said they died like a dog. And oh my God, he, how can we have a president like Trump? Oh my God. Really? That's what's important. People are going to be outraged no matter what Trump does. Trump Trump could literally walk on his head. They'd still find a reason to be. Oh my God, you see what he's doing? He's insulting vertically challenged people. He's insulting people who don't have any legs. He's just, he's insulting the... They would find any reason to hate him. You live in those times. If you want to unite... you want, I hear people talking all the time. Hey, we need to unite. You want to unite? I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to unite over Donald Trump. You're not going to unite over him staying. You're not going to unite over him impeaching. You're not going to unite over ages, over races. You want something to unite over? Principles. Principles. They're the answer. Not left principles, not right principles. Founding principles. And if I may be so bold to suggest, we start with honoring the American flag. We stand understanding that, you know what? It's a beautiful design. I love the American flag. I would look at the American flag if it meant absolutely nothing and just look and go, that's a really cool looking flag. I really like it. It's aesthetically pleasing. But that doesn't make me want to love the American flag. What makes me want to love the American flag is what it symbolizes when it's raised. I asked you some images to think of earlier on. What do you think of when you think of the American flag? When they raised it at Iwo Jima. God, I'm going Al Sharpton butchering names today, huh? When they raised it at Iwo Jima, what were they raising it for? Were they raising it? Hey, guess what? We're raising this for president. Or we're raising this for Congress. Or were they raising it for an ideal? When they went to the moon, were they raising it for the president? Were they raising it for Congress? Or were they raising it because it symbolizes an idea? An idea of freedom. An idea of hope. An idea of individual rights and individual liberties. The principle of you can do anything you want in this world. We're just on the moon. We've just proved this. 
Five, ten years ago, everyone thought we were crazy when we started talking about going to the moon. Now we're here. That's what this flag means. You can do anything. You have a God-given right to pursue your happiness. And the third one I used was 9-11. What did the American flag symbolize then? Did it symbolize George Bush? No. Did it symbolize Congress? No. Did it symbolize an inner strength that America has over so many periods of time shown where you knock us down, we get right back up? Did it symbolize hope that there will be a brighter tomorrow, that we can and will overcome this? What did the American flag symbolize in those opinions, in those times? And what does it symbolize today? You're a great country because of your ideals, because of your country, because of your people, not because of D.C. I can't think of a time if you said, hey, when was America great because of D.C.? I couldn't think of a time. I might be able to make the argument of the Roaring Twenties under Calvin Coolidge. But even then, it was about the American people. It was about innovation. It was about creativity. When else? When else? George Washington? Really? You want to go all the way back to George Washington? When was D.C. ever good? Please think about what the American flag means to you this week. What does the American flag mean to you? And if you understand that, what do you want it to mean for you? Do you want to symbolize a politician? Do you want it to symbolize an ideal? Or a party? Or a principle? You choose. As always, we finish this show the way we do every each and every week. By saluting those who serve under that amazing flag. Your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And lastly... If you heard nothing else in this show, and it links to the last segment about the flag, I share the sentiments of Tocqueville with you. America is great because Americans are good. Not because of DC, but because Americans are good. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, you have yourself a blessed and beautiful week. God bless America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.